Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, DraftKings, DraftKings.com, the promo code is THPN, you know about it by now, and you better sign up right now if you haven't already, because coming up on Saturday, UFC 264, it's Conor McGregor, it's Dustin Poirier, it's the rubber match, their third fight. Every punch, every kick, every knockout means so much more. When you line up with DraftKings, all you got to do is pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. Once again, McGregor and Poirier, the rubber match, coming up on Saturday night. DraftKings is the official partner of the UFC, the daily fantasy partner of the UFC. And once again, download the app, use that promo code THPN, and you can get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king, and everyone is an expert in everything. Get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It's nice to be talking to you all. Um, I survived a small javelina attack earlier tonight, so I'm just uh, slightly thankful to be alive. So uh, to talk to you guys about a lot of Coyotes news and a bunch of other random shit, per the usual, me and my wonderful, amazing bridesman and co-host, Richie Suave Flores, how you doing, Richie? Hello, Corey. Welcome back to the show. I missed you on Monday. Uh, you were you were out because of your birthday, so yes. I... I didn't get a chance to talk to you then. So happy birthday. Thank you. Thank I you. Hope, thank you. I hope you, I hope it was a good birthday. Um, and, and that you were able to, to celebrate it. Sans me. <laughs> hey, normally I always really enjoy having you around on my birthday. We always, you know, obviously celebrate birthdays together. My uh, my cousin from Ohio happened to be in town uh, this this time around, so I I went up to Flagstaff with her for a little bit to see our aunt and to hang out for a little bit. But uh, it was good. It was it was really nice. It was nice to get out of the heat for a little bit up in Flag and and that type of stuff. But um, now I'm tired and I'm kind of just wanting this like short week to be over. Because, you know, I always feel like the the short weeks are the most exhausting because you went into them exhausted. Yeah, I can see that as being the case. Because, yeah, you come in off a long weekend where you're usually, for the most part, you're, you're doing off on a, like a mini vacation and you're not at home or whatever. And so you're go, go, go. And you're trying to enjoy yourself the best. And then... And then, oh, then you don't get that extra off day, and it's right back to work. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, like, my last day before I went back to work with my back to work was my birthday. So I wasn't going to like cheap myself on my birthday night. So um, it, it definitely was that case for me. But I, um, 
I appreciate it per the usual. You and Kat were the absolute sweetest um, posting on all the socials that night and uh, just really lifted my spirits. So I, I very much appreciate you both. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I'm glad you had a, I'm glad it was fun. And if you don't know about the tradition that Corey and I have, we've had it now for the last seven years, pretty much the entire time that I've known you, Corey. Um, ever since your 21st birthday, uh, we have essentially kind of recreated the same picture every year. And so I now have six pictures up on my Instagram page at richflow91 you can go take a look at those we didn't do one last year because it was in the middle of the pandemic and so we didn't get a chance to take one last year but um it's a fun little kind of thing that you and i have done for the last several years katarina joined us this year for the picture and um and and yeah that was it's it that was i always enjoyed putting those together because like it's it's like a bunch of memories come flowing back of our of our friendship over the years yeah, that's one of the coolest things ever. One day we'll have to make just, like, a big collage of all of them. Um, I mean, it probably goes down in history as one of the most, like, badass best friend moments ever that you just decided to solo hop in the car and drive all the way to San Diego for my 21st. So the fact that that's what it commemorates is always, like, one of the coolest things to me because it's one of the most, like, badass stories that I, I could ever tell anyone is simply that one right there like with no doubts about it richie just hopped in a car drove to san diego for my 21st and was like i'm not gonna miss it and then in that photo he's drinking an amf with me on my 21st so that's like some high level dedication right there (laughs) yeah that's true those were good too those were good so i I think i think in that picture um I don't think that was like the first drink we did. I think we had 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 a couple by then. So we were both a little bit swifty by the time we decided to take that picture. (laughs) Well, it was, we were, it was so good that we essentially shut down that bar. That bar does not exist anymore. Um, They, they actually ended up going out of business a couple years later. It's now a, a breakfast place, which is delicious. And they have amazing mimosas. So you can still get alcoholic beverages there. Just, um a little bit different but yeah uh that place was awesome to go and get drinks i don't remember if we had any more before that though because apparently in california they don't want to let you in to bars then the night that you turn 21 so that one they had to like give me an exception that they were going to like let me into that bar at least you know i just turned 27 so six years ago that was their big like sticking point was that they're technically not supposed to let you in until the following day but i i I thought it was kind of lame and i'm glad they actually let me in because it i don't know as soon as, as soon as it hits midnight you're 21 you should be able to drink yeah, yeah, I agree. And you, yeah, you're right. You have a much better memory than I do because I, com- I completely forgot about that. That they wouldn't let you in to like, I think we uh, did. Did we try to go elsewhere and then they they won't let you in? And that's how we ended up where we ended up going. 
Well, we did go to one place and it was so busy we couldn't get to the bar. I still remember trying to push um push to the bar. It was I think called like Duck Dive and it was yeah, it was so fucking packed that we couldn't make it there and we just gave up on that one pretty quickly. Um and then I can't remember if we tried any other we may have tried one other one fire I think we tried Firehouse at one point but um it, it was uh Miller's there that we ended up at um in the end and and yeah they wanted to give me a bunch of shit but they eventually just let me in. It was um we had like that one big drink anyways and we were it was pretty close to like two by the time we got in and got the drink and everything. So we didn't get to do much as it was, but uh, we did get that drink in and we got that photo. I mean, it is much, um, you know, just the beginning of our kind of like extravaganza there. You know, there, there was a lot of things that happened after that, you know, um, getting getting kicked out of places, people jumping into the ocean. It, it got very interesting the next night. So I'm glad that we had that n- nice, calmer photo the first night. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So yeah, go again. Go look at that. Go look at those photos. A nice trip down memory lane for for both Corey and myself for less several several years that we've known each other. And, um, and, and now see, now what we have to do is we have to do one, um, um, for your, on your wedding day next year too. And I'll include that in the photo collage. Yes. I like it. I like it. There'll be plenty of chances because there's, you know, when I'm getting ready for the wedding, when cocktail hour and the whole reception. So we've got plenty of times we can get this. We got to fit this in. And there'll be an actual professional photographer that can take a photo of us. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, and I, I'll bring my bridesman whiskey glass with me. I'll put it in my one of my pockets somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I'll have to get a bride um, whiskey glass so we can do it in style together. We'll be upscale this time. Yeah, exactly. Classy. <laughs> So anyway, as we divulge off of our hockey conversation here, I want you to tell the story of what in the world happened with the Javelina earlier on Wednesday night as right before we started recording that you tweeted about. Yeah, that's it. So I, I was having a, a busier night and had stopped to, um, see some of our friends and uh my fiance at also and um you know just ate a little bit of food and they were like ready to go so uh and then wanted some frozen yogurt so we walked down got some frozen yogurt come back walking by also turn the corner there's um a new like bar coming in so they have a bunch of construction so you can't really see what's around the corner until you get around it walked around the corner and all we see are these two guys like booking it out of this truck this truck like pulls up they open the doors these two guys come running out and they have like the big ropes like you're in like a rodeo and you're trying to like catch a cow like 
that type of thing. And um, so they're running up with it and, and like it, already swinging it and everything. And we're like, what the hell is going on here? And by this point, it's it's literally just me, Scotty, and Fern standing like by by ourselves around this corner, staring at these guys running full speed. All of a sudden, we hear a bunch of like rustling because it was on the patio of also like outside. And um, it was like a bunch of chairs and tables kind of like falling over and stuff. A javelina comes darting out of there and, and going into the street. And they start like trying to go after him, like with their ropes, trying to catch it. Definitely didn't catch it. And it is like going through traffic at this point. And there's like a, an intersection of where there's a light and you can go um, from the stop sign about four different directions before you get to the light. The, it meets up with a, another javelina and starts darting across the street into, and this is like kind of an outdoory mall type area, type of area. And they start running into um, the parking lot of a Chase Bank and um, start running across the parking lot of it. These guys hop back into this tr this truck and start like driving off really quickly. And we just stood there this entire time staring at it going, where did these Havelina come from? Did they have these Havelina? They got away from them. So they went to go and try and catch them. Did, were they following them this whole time? Why were these guys prepared with this rope to just run out and try and catch them? And what happened to the Havelina? Did they rob the Chase Bank? I will never know. <laughs> and you didn't catch any video of this? No, I wish I would have. I was so dumbfounded when I saw it. We all three of us walked around the corner and just stared in disbelief. It was something like out of like a like a movie where, you know, like the, the superhero just like pops up and tries to like save the day and then disappeared. Like that's kind of what they did. They just like came out with their ropes, like spitting as they're running towards, we didn't know what we looked like. They looked like they were running towards the patio of also, like they were going to start. I genuinely thought they were trying to like rope a chair or something. I was like, is this, is this supposed to be like a YouTube video of them going around like roping things? And then, um, then I saw the javelina come coming, like given the javelina came like straight at them and it freaked me out a little bit. Cause those things are aggressive. I mean, there was some javelina or some wild pigs or something that ate like a woman in a wheelchair a couple of years back. Like those things are freaking aggressive. So I don't know why they would want to try and catch one of them. I would have just left them alone. But um, it was one of the weirdest things I've seen in, in quite a while. I have, I have so many questions about this. Like it sounded like almost like they like you said, like they were doing a stunt for some sort of TV show or something. Like you were every one of you that was at also at the time was being pranked. And you're being captured on camera to see where your reactions would be to these guys chasing down these javelinas in the middle 
of a of a sh- of a shopping mall center parking lot street whatever. Yeah, I felt like I was being punked. Like it was some like, you know, like it, it was something like out of Jackass. Like they, the fact that they ran out of the car so prepared, ready to just take these Havelina down. I don't know. Like I had. I also have so many questions. I don't even know where to start in like, how were they so prepared? How did they know that these Havelina were just literally sitting on the patio of an Osso? How did Osso not do anything about these Havelina hanging out on their, um, on their patio? So my biggest thing is I have so many questions, don't know what happened. And I have zero answers for anyone. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's just now here's the thing. This is one of those stories that I would be able to tell. I used to do this segment all the time on the freaks called, did this happen in Florida? And Kenny and crash would have to guess if the story I was telling happened in Florida or not. Now, the dead giveaway, of course, is javelinas. I don't believe there's javelinas in Florida. Maybe there is. I don't know. But I feel like that would be the perfect story for a segment like that. And nobody would guess Arizona other than the javelina part. Like I could just sub in, just some name an animal, whatever, and nobody would guess that it was happening in Arizona. It would be like Texas. It would have to be like a southern a southwestern state, so like Texas, New Mexico, <laughs> Arizona. Well, that's the thing is I feel like it was very stereotypically that thing that you would see about like, you, you know, when they say, oh, you know, Arizona's the wild, wild west. People are just out there, you know, riding ha- horses and being cowboys. And we always like laugh because we're just like, we're nothing like the wild wild west you know there's like tombstone and places that still do that type of stuff but like we're we're pretty much a like a normal ass city at this point and so when they got out of the car and did that i was just like yep this is this is what someone who had just moved to arizona from like california or whatever would be like yep this is what i thought arizona would be like That that's truly an amazing story. Maybe the best story you've told on this show. It's going to be a story that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Like I, I don't think me, Scotty or Fern knew what to do with ourselves at that moment. Like it was funny. Cause I saw the Havelina running by like, cause then these Havelina are like literally running through traffic. And so I'm watching the two of them just like pass through giving zero fucks about any of the cars that were driving by. And that was the moment that it occurred to me that I should have videotaped it. But I was, it was so far past. Like I had already watched the guys like get into their truck to leave and stuff that I wasn't able to do it. But yeah, I was, I was dumbfounded by the fact that that's what I had experienced at, you know, like 10 o'clock at night in the middle of like a somewhat, somewhat populated area. It was just weird. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll get the full story on on one of the local news stations at some point. I hope we do. Uh, I hope luck. so. Yeah. Good luck to those javelina catchers. What a job that is. I hope they they caught them and did. I don't well, know. that was one of the questions. Was is there such a thing as like 
a person that would is that a job but it, it, even if it is a job you probably wouldn't be using ropes to catch them <laughs> again way too many questions we have going on here <laughs> absolutely speaking of the uh, southwest area like you had said new mexico was one of the places that people might think that that would have happened and it's kind of funny because we have learned that we are invading New Mexico, slowly but surely. That's correct, because the Coyotes announced on Wednesday that their hockey development team is going to be traveling to New Mexico to help further grow the game in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, they're going to be doing a couple of uh, street hockey clinics and ball hockey clinics with Howler coming up in the next couple of weeks on Friday, July 16th. And, um, and this is, this is great. This is very good news for the coyotes in my opinion, by continuing to invest in this type of local kind of not guerrilla marketing, I guess you could say, but this kind of marketing is how not only the sport's going to grow, but the footprint of the team is going to grow too. And, and this is something that I feel like we never would have gotten um, under the previous ownership group. And this ownership group has gotten some negative attention by some, you know, of some of the press and we've talked about on this show, but it's things like this, that's like, okay, this ownership group is committed to growing the sport they're committed to this team and and growing the fan base just outside of the state of Arizona and making Coyotes hockey kind of the norm across a lot more of the Southwest, obviously, between Arizona, New Mexico, and the like. And um, and Javier Gutierrez is a big part of that. And, um, and this is what he said in the press release here. He said, we are very excited for our hockey development team to travel to New Mexico. One of our top priorities is to continue to grow our game. And this is a tremendous opportunity for us to raise awareness about hockey and introduce new kids to our great sports. So um, bravo, Coyotes. This is a great move on their part. And, um, and I'm glad they are investing in this kind of thing because this is exactly what they need to invest in is to continuing to grow sport fan base and it's going to pay off yeah i mean it's it's kind of funny new mexico doesn't have a lot of um really anything i mean they have like a like a baseball team that's there and uh they have uh the U university of new mexico their sports they also have like a hockey team and um so they they have you know, a couple things there in New Mexico, but they really don't have um, any any big sports teams. Um, in fact, for um, for football, a lot of them, sadly enough, I hate to admit this, um, are, tend to be uh, Cowboys fans. When you go into the airport there and stuff like that, they sell a lot of Cowboys merch because of the fact that they uh, – don't really have any teams to root for out of outside of the like University of New Mexico. So um, it it's really good that they're coming in there and they're um, you know trying to introduce the game there and, and grow it and also spread the coyotes. You know, it, it it they may not be 
coming to games all the time, like people that are here in the state, but at the same time, they, they're still people who can be fans of the team, buy the merch, um, and support the Coyotes and really have, um, you, you make it their team that they have to latch onto because they have their choice of who they want to root for because of the fact that they don't have a specific team. So it's kind of nice that they're uh, doing this and taking over and, and it uh, it's kind of funny to me because I I mean I spent a good deal of time in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, considering the fact that my brother lived there for a number of years, and uh, I've traveled to Santa Fe many many time. Uh, Rio Rancho is like a it's a suburb essentially of uh, Albuquerque and uh, Santa Fe. I, I guess the best example I could have of Santa Fe is kind of like a Sedona. Um, they're a little bit more like on the affluent side there. It's kind of artsy um, type of town. So um, it's going to be interesting like to, to see it in Santa Fe per se. Um, but, you know, it there's a decent amount of people that are in Santa Fe that, um, you know, c- can definitely afford to have their kid play hockey. And it's a great play, place to, for that type of development. Um, I'll, a lot of uh, movies and stuff are shot in uh, New Mexico because of, of tax breaks and such that they get in the state. So um, there's people who shoot movies and do all that stuff that live in, in Santa Fe because it's the kind of the more affluent area. So it's a great way to get exposure that way. And in Rio Rancho, it's kind of, you know, the suburby like families. It's a great way to reach into kids there as well. And the fact that um, you have a lot of the suburban families that, you know, would, would like to introduce their kids to the sport. So I think it's really cool that they're going to do this. And um, I think it's a great way to grow the Coyotes fan base. 100%. I was super excited when I got the email about, about this initiative today. And I, I'm, I hope, and I'd assume that they are going to do more of these types of clinics clinics outside of the state of Arizona and in the state of Arizona too. So very important int work by the Coyotes and the hockey development crew there. Like we've talked about a number of times between the Kachinas and 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 the uh, Little Howlers and all that kind of stuff, this is just the next step up for that, um, for the hockey development team and, and for the organization too. So there were some, uh, some other news this week as far as the Coyotes were concerned too, and that is that they have a new – director of pro scouting and the good news for the coyotes is that he this new director of pro scouting his name is alan heppel he's coming from the colorado avalanche he spent 19 seasons with the abs and most recently he was the team's director of amateur scouting and he was in that post for the last six years why is that important well why are the Avalanche as good as they have been over the last several years? It's their drafting, right? And according to this, the press release, since Hempel assumed the role of director of amateur scouting in 2015, the Avalanche made several notable draft choices, including Bowen Byram, Alex Newhook, Cam McCarr, and Tyson Jost. Um, so a long time with the Colorado Avalanche, who are a model organization in terms of their success over the course of their long tenure in the NHL. And uh, Alan Heppel has been a big part of that. 
And when you have somebody with that much experience with such a great organization in Colorado choosing to come to Arizona, that is a, a good sign for this franchise that because in a way, like you're going from a team that is once again already listed as the favorite to win the Stanley Cup in 2022 to the Coyotes, right? And some people would see that as like a a, a very a, a step down to go from a Stanley Cup contender to the Coyotes. But this is good news for the Coyotes. This is a good hire, and uh, I'm curious to see kind of learn more about him and and what he's going to bring to the organization. But he's got a great resume to be sure. Yeah, no, it's actually uh, really great, and it's and it's great to see them moving in a positive direction in all of this. I think we expected them to be doing um, a lot more when it came to you know people behind the scenes and um, players being moved around and stuff, and we felt like it got very uh, quiet, very dry for a little while. And um, so it's nice to see them actually moving forward and really kind of progressing and making some smart decisions because of the fact that, you know, we were all a little bit worried there for a little while that they were kind of taking their sweet time and not really making these decisions. Um, and it seems that Armstrong is, is very, very confident in, in his ability. And he said, we're very pleased to welcome Alan to our organization. Alan is extremely knowledgeable and is an, an excellent talent evaluator. He played a very important role in building the current Colorado Avalanche roster, and we are thrilled to have him lead our professional scouting department. I, like I've said before, and we'll say over and over and over and over and over again, Armstrong is massive on being able to fill that pipeline with the right players and having um, the proper people in place for scouting is massive for him. So this role for him, it was definitely one he did not take lightly and is very important to him. And it's going to be really interesting to see where, um, you know, where his hires decide to take the youth of this team and where they um, are deciding to kind of pull people out because this team, as you said before, is going to look so crazy different in the next five years that we will highly probably not recognize it. Yeah, and again, this is um, Bill Armstrong doing something that he kind of has hinted about for quite a while. And we know that Bill Armstrong is came, came from a scouting background. And I feel like that's always been his intent with this rot, this team and this organization is to really completely revamp what was a barren wasteland when it came to its scouting department, right? They didn't invest much in it at all. And now we're seeing um, a, a reinvestment in that area and an investment in Bill Armstrong kind of building back up that scouting department. And if anybody knows scouting, it's Bill Armstrong. Like I said, that was his background for the longest time. He mentioned that a little bit in the press conference with Andre Torini last week. And, um, and, and in it kind of essentially that's how they, those two first met is when Bill Armstrong was scouting up in the, up in that, up where Andre Torini was coaching at the time. And they, cross paths in a bar of all things. So um, 
And yeah, it's like you said, it's going to be kind of a crazy there couple of weeks. Here's what's coming up on the docket here, just to get you set before we kind of wrap up the show here. The expansion draft is in two weeks. It's on July 21st. That's coming up quite soon. Uh, a couple of days before that is the deadline to submit the protection list, which is coming up on July 17th. And then the draft is the week after that, the first round on July 23rd, and the rest on July 24th. So, And then a few days later after that, July 28th is when free agency begins. So it's going to be a busy, 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 busy month for the Coyotes. We expect it to be quite busy. A lot of rumors surrounding a lot of players, Phil Kessel, Oliver Ekman Larson, and Darcy Kemper, Connor Garland. And you can, we will give you all the updates right here on our show over the next several weeks as uh, we get into the meat of the offseason now that the Tampa Bay Lightning have won back-to-back Stanley Cup. So before we, uh, before we leave the show uh, for you the, on this episode, Corey, you put out a poll on our Twitter feed, which blew up. It's got a lot of votes already. It's got a lot of people talking. It's got, it's very close in the voting. I, I'm a little surprised by the results, if you, if you ask me. But uh, what was the question? And uh, give us, like, the updated results before you and I kind of answer the question. So um, we always kind of give a basis on some of this. Um, you know, we always say, like, kind of what the background is. And so uh, this one kind of came from the fact that uh, my fiance and cousin were arguing over blondes versus brunettes. So um, as I was getting my hair done today, I thought, you know, I should bring the argument to the sporty nation. There is no uh, governing body that uh, makes these decisions any better than our our fans. So um, I brought to our um, sporty nation Twitterverse blondes versus brunettes versus redheads and an extra option of all of the above. Um, I prefer myself as a blonde. Um, I one time to try and fix something that I did to my hair, had to make myself a a very like light brunette and I, I didn't like it very much. Um, but as for my preference, I, I, I would have to choose blonde or brunette. I can't say that I would choose redhead. Um, sorry, redheads. There are are plenty of, um, of attractive redheads. I just, I don't know. That doesn't hit the top of my list. Yeah. So I, and we've kind of been over this on the show before, it was several months ago where I said verbatim on the show, I was like, I think I have a thing for, for blondes. Like as one of the things we learned on that particular show. And so I stuck with that. And I think it's true for the most part. Like, for example, I was watching um, shadow hunters earlier today again. And, and the two, like two of the lead actresses on the show, uh, Catherine McNamara has like red, red hair, in this particular show 
whom yeah, I love. The, uh, the the character she plays is supposed to be a redhead, so she dyed her hair almost actually in orange for that role. Yes, and um, she's normally blonde. She played a blonde on Arrow, and that's how like I fell in love with her th- that way. I was like, oh yes, I love Cat McNamara. And then the other the other like lead actress on the show plays a character named Isabel who has darker hair, also super hot too. But and so if you if but I was as hot as both of those actresses are, I was like, man, you know, I'm I I still like the blonde version of Cat McNamara better. So I I still voted for blondes on the poll, <laughs> even though for the most part, like it it. If I had to pick, it would be blonde, but I could understand all of the above. If it's not blonde, then it's then everything else is fine. Like I'm cool with redheads, cool with brunettes, cool with whatever else. But I think blonde is still the one seed. I feel like it's more forgiving to be a redheaded blonde, or not redheaded blonde, redheaded girl, than it is to be a redheaded guy. I feel like redheaded guys like don't. It's not as forgiving for them, you know. I that and so in the situation where guys are talking about girls, I could see them saying all of the above. I I just I don't know I can't with someone's got got is probably going to get very offended as a redheaded guy, but I just I can't see it being the same. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, redheaded dudes get shit on all the time. Like it's just a just a giant joke for the most part. Um, when you see a redheaded guy for, cause there's not very many of them for going to sake. So I brought up a list of famous, famous redheads here. Um, we have Julianne Moore. We have Isla Fisher. We have Amy Adams, Arizona's own Emma Stone. We have Jessica Chastain, Lindsay Lohan, Bryce Dallas Howard, and uh, a few others. Oh, and the only dude on the list is Rupert Grint from Harry Potter fame. <laughs> I, I was about to say who? Um, yeah, see, the, there's a whole list of attractive females mm-hmm. that are that are redheads. So I, I, I stand by my previous statement. Yeah, and there's a there's an entire movie called Atomic Blonde. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what this has to do with anything, but there's the name of the movie wasn't Atomic Redhead or Atomic Brunette. It was Atomic Blonde, Charlize Theron, and she crushed it in that movie. She was great. Well, when they say, like, blonde bombshell, it's, it's not brunette bombshell. It's blonde yeah, bombshell. Yeah. Yes. You know, true. the whole Marilyn Monroe thing, she's blonde. And I'm very, very biased, obviously. <laughs> um, I, I was born blonde. I've always been blonde. My fiance is very much into blondes. So, um, you know, I mean, not to say that there isn't very attractive brunettes. Like, everyone loves Megan Fox, and she's brunette. But um, I, I'm, I'm very biased towards that. And, and Atomic Blonde was a very good movie. Just to throw that in there as well. Yeah, I agree. It was it was great. Um, but yeah, that pulls up for a little bit while longer at Corey underscore Reggie Show. You can vote on it. Let us know. I know that the guys from the Quack Report, the Anaheim Ducks podcast, uh, Nate and Carter, they brought it up on their show too. And 
they played like the um, the crowd pleaser and they were like yeah all of the above except for except for our girlfriends who are i forget which color and you're like except unless our girlfriends are listening in which case we choose this one we choose brunette or blonde or whatever (laughs) yeah i also feel like men are a lot more forgiving about it you know as long as a female is attractive to them they could really care less what like hair color they have as long as you know they find them attractive i do enjoy the fact that they covered their own ass though that they literally were just like and unless our girlfriends are listening and if that's the case then although it would be what would be worse is if they got it wrong oh can you imagine (laughs) they're like but if our girlfriends were listening blonde and then it's just like uh she's a brunette can you, yeah, can you imagine that conversation? It was like they didn't tell them that they had changed their hair color. So, like, normally they're blonde, right? And then they would go, oh, except for my girlfriend who is a blonde, right? But then she, the next time they see each other, she's got a different – she has dyed her hair brunette. Yeah, that, that, that can happen. There are plenty of, of women who do go between that. It's funny, not many – women dye their hair like brunette who are blonde it's like it's not as common i mean um back in the days of twilight i have i have very light blue eyes um that there was people that were trying to get me to dye my hair like like a dark dark almost black color because of like twilight and all those things because you know the the vampires of the light eyes and dark hair um i thought that just sounded awful and there's only like a few people that i've ever known that like have dyed their hair really dark that were blonde but um and on that list that you had read off there are some people that think would probably have thought why isn't this actress or that actress that why weren't they on that list it's because You don't know how many actresses that you think are hot redheads are actually hot blondes that dyed their hair red or the other way around. You think they're a blonde, but they're actually naturally a redhead. Those are almost interchangeable. Yes. Yes. That's very true. That's very true. So yeah, go vote on the poll. Let us know at Corey underscore Richie show and, uh, and let us know what you think. Um, Congratulations to the Phoenix Suns. They're up one nothing in the NBA Finals. Game two is tonight. If you're listening to us on Thursday at Suns Arena, going to be exciting. Tickets are way too expensive, uh, so I will not be in attendance. Um, but uh, so good luck to them. Three wins away from a championship. Very exciting time. Um, do you have any last words before we say goodbye? Um, my only words are congratulations on Jay Verardi for staying in, uh, Tucson. And, uh, I'm glad he got to spend some time up with the Coyotes this season with the taxi squad. Yes. We forgot to mention that earlier in the show, but we don't want to do an entire hour again. So trying to, trying to condense shows here during the off season. So, uh, for Corey, I have been Reggie. Thanks for listening to the show. We will talk to you again very soon. And uh, 
Follow us on the Twitters and the Instagrams and all that good stuff. Remember, it's DraftKings, promo code THPN. And then uh, for now, till next time, good night and good hockey, everybody.